To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by PB and Joey. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for more information. $35 or more gets you free shipping. That's pbandjoey.com for more information. pbandjoey.com. Hey, everyone. Here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal? Investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn all through your brokerage account. Secure a spot on the wait list and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate and when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between $3 and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get a free stock. I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. First time in L.A.? Yeah. Tell you the truth, whenever I'm here, I can't wait to leave. You know, sprawled out, disconnected. You know, that's me. You like it? It's my home. 17 million people. This is a country be the fifth biggest economy in the world and nobody knows each other. I read about this guy who gets on the MTA here, dies. Six hours he's riding the subway before anybody notices his corpse doing laps around LA, people on and off sitting next to him. Nobody notices. Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, streaming live from the Spare Part Studios. Happy Sunday, everybody. Uh, how you doing? I got a bunch of articles on this week's Sunday Leftovers. Uh, if you're not uh, familiar with this program, I'm Jay, owner, operator, and video editor of PositiveSarcasm.com. I was uh, sorry for the late delay on the Sunday Leftovers. Welcome to all the new subscribers, but I was working over with a client uh, this morning uh, trying to get them to, not really trying to get them to sign off on using my, uh, my awesomeness using my skills, but trying to get them a better understanding of whether or not my skills were wanted or needed to begin with. When it comes to like wedding, okay, my my ch- typical spiel is, okay, Have you, when was the last time you saw a wedding without a photographer? Well, you almost never see a wedding nowadays without a, a, a photographer. However, the whole concept of videography when it, com- when it comes to weddings is new, is, is new, okay? As far as it being more of a mainstream thing or it people generally uh, recommending or wanting them as part of the whole package. It is relatively new because only recently has it just started to become actually somewhat decent of a, of a thing to do. Because for the most part, when I see people doing wedding videography, videography in general, it's not very good. 
It's not very good. Everything's very formulaic. The music, they don't spend much time researching the music. And half the time, they don't even really meet with the client. They just have like an initial questionnaire. They 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 demand a, some type of deposit, sign here. And it's it's just bullshit. It was, I was meeting with the client and I asked them specifically, had the photographer uh, met with you? Has the photographer met with you yet? No. Okay. So they hired a company that gave them two photographers. Okay, fine. And I didn't even ask for price because that's none of my business. But they got, they went to a company, hired two, hired a photographer, which gave them two of them for the for the event. Okay, fine. But they didn't. They they haven't even met. The company has not even met with them. And that drives me bananas. If you are if your job requires you to be around people, be around patients or clients or customers, then why wouldn't you meet with them ahead of time? If you're charging them that much money for an ex, for especially for a service which isn't necessarily needed. Okay. Generally, you don't see a wedding without a photographer, but it isn't needed. And maybe one day it will actually just be, you know, it will be gone. Gone are the days. Like custom blacksmith work. Maybe video for, maybe photography will be one of those things that'll kind of just dissipate into the sunset when it comes to wedding stuff, maybe. I don't know because everybody brings their freaking phones to weddings nowadays. But I'm just stating in general, it's not needed. I mean, it's almost, it's kind of like taboo to not have a, to have a wedding without a photographer. But if it is a lot of money, okay, and with everybody on a budget, especially if you're, it, it's not cheap to have a photographer at a wedding, and then on top of that, you're gonna add a videographer, and then you're gonna have a wedding coordinator, and then you're gonna have cash bar or or open bar, and then you're gonna have the venue. Well, why don't you? If you're gonna be if you're gonna be charging that much money to meet with a client in general, you better you better meet with them ahead of time if you're gonna do want to do business with them. If you really want to be, if you really want to separate yourself from your competition or your other or whatever, you should be meeting with these people ahead of time. I mean, first of all, it should be common practice. It should be common practice to help them understand whether or not your services are needed to begin with. Okay, because it's yeah, I get it. It is a business. You're there to make money, but you also don't want to be seen as super greedy. You want to sell. You want to sell your skill, but you don't want to force your. Uh, your job skill as a requirement for everything. Okay, you're gonna convince the woman all day long that a that a wedding videographer is yeah you gotta have one nowadays. It's all the thing. All the people are into it. All the kids are into it. You're not gonna convince the guy at all. Okay, that's just the way of life. Guys don't care. A lot of guys don't even care if the, if, the, if there's a photographer at the wedding because you can put a picture on the wall, but you can't put a video on the wall. Well, you kind of can, but then again, who's gonna sit there and watch it? And generally, the guy's going to watch it like once or twice and be done with it. So you're there to convince the, the, the bride that it's a good idea. Now, it is a good idea. It's just a matter of is it a good price point, especially depending upon the wedding, who's going to be in it. Is there actually enough stuff to videotape? And does the amount that you record justify the amount that you're charging? And that's why you meet with them ahead of time to get a better understanding of where their budget is, what exactly they're looking for, because it's their moment and you're going to capture it in such a way that you're going to capture it in fluid motion. And you're telling me you can accomplish that without meeting the client? You better be me. You better have my skills. And quite frankly, I'm annoyed at the fact that everything's being done now text message, be a text message or charging through a company where you're just like, it's almost like you're buying a Tesla. Don't get me wrong. I love Teslas, but Teslas are an emotionless product. It is a thing of the future. Don't get me wrong but it is a piece of material. You're hiring 
someone to capture a moment. Tesla doesn't capture a moment. So if you're not going to meet with clients, then I got news for you. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for what you do. Now, this is a new, this is a new thing, hiring wedding videographers or hiring videographers or cinematographers for these moments. And if you're not going to meet with your clients, then I'm coming for your clients. I'm coming for them and I'm going to say, and I'm not going to shit on you, but I'm going to shit on the very idea that you're not going to meet your clients and give them the vast majority of what they're looking for for the right price point. But if you're just going to overcharge them and just try to explain why you're charging that much, then there's going to be more of me coming for people like you and your services. And I'm going to charge less and I'm going to bury you because I can do so much more with so much less. And wait till I get good. But the idea of not meeting with clients, that's just the way of life. Meeting with people to gain their trust or if you have, if you are a trustworthy person to begin with and then asking for their service and then signing on the dotted line if you need to. And then all these people, all of a sudden they grab, they go and spend thousands of dollars on gear, but they have no experience. They haven't shot anything. They don't have a, they don't have a music library. So they haven't done any of the research on the music library. They haven't done any music research or any research on the venues. So they don't even know any of that. They never show up exactly on time. They never do any preliminary work early. They just sort of pack up their gear and head over there. And they're mechanical in the way that they operate. Whereas me, I'm basically putting like freaking war paint or eyeliner like a football player under my lids and going out there and tackling the project. That's the purpose of it. That's what separates you. And I think it's exactly important if you're gonna if you're gonna be in this field. That's the only way, as a creative individual, uh, of, of earning somebody's money. Nowadays, so if you're not gonna meet with the clients, I'm gonna bury you. And this is my first alpha My first alpha point. Normally, I'm just I'm 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 normally very. I don't like to talk about the fact that I do a podcast with people. I'm gonna dive into that a second in a second. I don't talk to people about the the stuff that I do here. I normally just throw it out there, and if you want to listen to it, you can. If you want to subscribe to it, you can. If you wanna if you wanna try out my services, you can. If you wanna look at the stuff that I do on YouTube, you can. It may not be for you. It may not be for you. It may not be what you do or what you're into or how you invest your time. There's plenty of ways to invest your time nowadays. Why would you want to invest? I don't expect you to invest any time in me whatsoever. None. I don't even expect you to expect that I to know that I exist. But if you do come across my platform and you do have questions, I would be willing to help you out. But as far as if I was to offer a service that somebody else has been offering for a long time but is charging more and you're not getting as good of a product and you're not willing to meet with the client beforehand, this is a thing. This is an actual thing that I just experienced. I'm coming for your clients. And I'm going to do a better job. And I'm going to watch the damn video 300,000 times before the client sees it once. And I'm going to bring that client to tears and I'm going to put you out of a job. And you better hashtag learn to fucking code because I'm going to be, I'm the type of creative, even though I don't have the editing skills of say, uh, somebody 15 years younger than me, I still have the emotional dramatic storyline in my head, that ability to create a story and put it into, and put it into motion. And just with that alone. If you're not willing to meet with the clients, I'm going to kick your ass all over this platform. 
and I'm going to leave you behind because you may have 10,000 subscribers on your on your podcast, you, or which you probably don't have. You probably have 100,000 subscribers on your YouTube channel, 10,000 subscribers, whatever. The fact is, who's making the money? Are you making any money from ad revenue? or are you make, or Because if you're making money from ad revenue, good for you. I'm going to go ahead and pick up the paycheck from the wedding that I'm, from the weddings I'm going to be doing, from the uh, events that I'm going to be filming, all that stuff. So while you're out there waiting for YouTube to hand you a small check, I'm going to be out there collecting the real cash and giving people stuff that they can hold as their own, that they can appreciate as their own. Because I took the time to meet with them and understand their wants, their needs, their past, their present, their hopes for the future. You may not even understand what the hell I'm talking about, but I got news for you. These are the things you have to take into account and do research on and learn if you're going to get into this business and be better than me. You can do that, good. But if you're not going to meet your clients and you just think the power of your photography is going to win over, then no, I don't think so. You're nothing more than gap insurance at that point. You buy a car, maybe they buy you, maybe they don't. And quite frankly, I do recommend gap insurance. The right gap insurance. I recommend a photographer for every wedding. But the right photographer. So if you're not going to meet with your clients and you're just going to overcharge them because you think you can, then generally when a videographer gets hired, they're going to start making recommendations for photographers that they think are going to do a really good job. That work tandem with the videographer and the wedding coordinator. And when they get that big, they're going to be like, that person doesn't, no, that person, that person doesn't even meet with their clients. That doesn't even meet, the, doesn't even meet with their clients. They charge too much. They always show up late. My problem with photographers, my main problem with photographers is they're fucking divas. That's my big problem is they're divas. They act like divas. And my problem with wedding videographers is they think they control everything. They think they're the wedding coordinator. No, they're not. They think they, they hold precedence over the, because they, they pretend like the rock, they're rock stars next to the photographers who think they're divas. That's a problem. You should be focused on the wedding and the supporting, supporting the photographers who only have one moment to get the perfect shot. So you support them in their role. But it all boils down to what you do, what you do with the client before they say, I do, or whatever their project is. And if you're not meeting with them, then I, I'm, I hate to say it, but actually I don't hate to say it. I'm going to take the money right out of your pocket because I'm going to do a better job. And with every video that I do for these clients, I'm going to get better. And then I'm going to take over the region. And then you might as well just sell your cameras and your, and your freaking video gear on Facebook Marketplace. And I wish you all the best in whatever job you need to do to cover up your expenses after that because I'm coming for your shit. And I'm going to do it for a third of the price and a quarter of the gear with no other, with no, with no second shooter. I'll do it all myself. So that's my thoughts on that. I'm a little heated today. I mean, first of all, I'm super sorry because I was I was tired. Last Wednesday's podcast, I had I was over caffeinated to the point where a steam valve basically opened up in my stomach, and my body's like, "You need to chill out because you've been you pounded way too much caffeine today." So it was a tough podcast to get through, but I managed it. It's done. It's out there. You can go and check it out on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Podcast Addict, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Castbox, TuneIn. But I want to concentrate on Sunday Leftovers since we did that 13 minutes. Shit, I can end the podcast right now. But I'm not going to because Comcast fucked up again. Congratulations, Comcast. You suck 
forever and ever plus a day. And then I want to get to another article and then maybe uh, all some other shit. Okay, this is from the Denver Post. Sorry it took me so long to get the podcast going, but uh, Denver Post is online. You have to have a subscription to do them, to to get to read the Denver Post. You have to have a subscription. So I had to kind of do some finagling, but I got it. And this is what we came up with. And if you haven't, if you're not used, if you're not new, if you are new to this podcast, I shed all over Comcast. I shed all over Comcast, uh, X, uh, Spotlight, which is by Comcast or it's Xfinity Spotlight or whatever. Comcast Spotlight is another one of their companies, which has been, re, which has been, uh, what do you call it, renamed. And then, of course, uh, Xfinity, which is their packaging for cable. Now, Xfinity, now this is what happened. In Xfinity, I sh- obviously, since I've, done away with them i've been i've been full force crapping all over them and justifiably so with the raising of their prices and the shitting the their service becoming ever and ever shittier and their customer service going down the tubes and their cutbacks and all this other stuff and now we go to the the one thing the ultimate thing that you can't be doing if you are a large corporate company and that is data breaches and doing it in the dumbest way and this is by the Denver Post. This is who who released this? Sam Taba. Okay, pardon me, Sam. I don't want to say your last name. Well, at least the last part of your last name, because I'm afraid I'm going to say it wrong. It's going to sound like a racial slur. So, Sam of the Denver Post. Uh, nearly 200,000 Xfinity customers nationwide who pay for their phone numbers because Comcast now offers a phone subscription for cell phones, uh, or or phone numbers or other phone landlines or cell phones. Either way. Nearly 200,000 Xfinity customers nationwide who pay for their phone numbers to remain unlisted or unpublished had their contact information mistakenly posted online last fall, the company confirmed Wednesday. Comcast, Xfinity's parent company, could not say how many of those customers are in Colorado, but several have voiced their concerns in the state's attorney general or on Xfinity forums, official Xfinity forums, lamenting the disclosure and pushing the company to do more to compensate victims of the mistake. For years, customers have had the ability to pay a small sum per month to ensure their phone numbers and personal information remain off of telephone and online directories. Once they get on online and telephone directories, uh, that means that robocallers and telemarketers will get a hold of those directories, and and that's that's all she wrote. You're going to be getting random telephone calls from restricted numbers and people who you think are friends and local numbers, but it turns out it's a telemarketer. But in January and February, thousands of people across the country received letters from Xfinity telling them that the company had inadvertently published personal information on Comcast online directory, ecolisting.com. The issue affected 2% of Comcast's 9.9 million voice customers, the company said. Comcast discovered the issue in November, shutting down the online directory while offering customers a $100 credit, which is basically a one-month bill. For some of us, for most people, it's like 150 Because the online directory had been shuttered, Comcast will no longer offer non-published and non-listed services. So you paid for a service, you don't get it anymore. Quote, we are working with our customers directly to address this issue and help it make right and are taking steps to prevent this from happening again. Leslie Oliver, a Comcast spokeswoman, said in a statement, in light of the privacy breach, the company offered to change customers' numbers at no charge and it set up a phone line to people concerns, but customers who had their numbers mistakenly released complained on Xfinity's community message board that although the company corrected its mistake, it's impossible to put that information back in the box once it's released. I'm now published all over the web because of their error, one user wrote. Other customers said the the release wasn't just an inconvenience. Law enforcement officers, judges, and domestic abuse victims are some of the people who pay for unlisted or unpublished numbers. 
Quote, Xfinity has compromised the safety of myself and my family by publishing my identifying information for the others to see. Another user wrote, simply providing a $100 credit is not good enough considering the mess I'm going to have to deal with. Lawrence Pacheco, ooh, there you go, spokeswoman for the Colorado Attorney General's office, said in an email that the state's consumer protection team could not find any complaints about Xfinity releasing unlisted numbers, but urged any consumers to submit reports to stopfraudcolorado.org, stop gov, excuse me. Complaints about telecommunication providers is one of the top 10 complaints our office received last year. This is not the first instance in which Comcast mistakenly released customer information. This last part's important. In 2015, the cable operator paid $33 million settlement after accidentally publishing names, phone numbers, and addresses of about 75,000 customers. California's Attorney General at the time, Kamala Harris, called it a troubling breach of privacy. Okay. Well, the Kamala Harris part aside, because she, she's a politician now, uh, just talking about she was the Attorney General at the time. Okay. And California has some very strict rules and is continuously strict rules about uh, personal privacy and data, releasing data, metadata, all that stuff. California, oddly enough, is one of the leaders in this privacy uh, stuff. They got other problems for sure, but they're definitely uh, leading the charge as far as uh, data for the consumer, and I applaud that. But California, obviously, Comcast fucked up there. They, but then again, California has other cable you They have other cable providers as well. But that's only thirty-three million for Comcast. That's that's nothing. That's a small check. That's a gross. That's that's a few days worth of groceries to them. But this is what Comcast does. And when are we eventually going to realize? What are we gonna? How are we gonna get out of this mess? How are we gonna get out of this mess that Comcast and other fucking companies like them are doing to us? They. Don't take our data. They don't appreciate our data. They don't appreciate our dollar. And then the people that work for them are, are, here's the problem with them. The people that are causing the problems are not the people you generally, I'd say 70 to 80% of the time, the people that you talk to on the phone that work for Comcast or for these other companies are not the people you should be having a problem with. That's the issue. It's the people above them, the company people, the HR people, the high-end executives the CEOs, the COs, the CFOs, the marketing teams. These are the people, the spokespeople. These are the people that are making all the decisions and these are the people that are causing all these problems. And then they meet with the local governance, they meet with the local they meet with the town, they meet with the state, they meet with the city and they make deals so that they can pretty much put a chokehold on that territory so that no other services can be provided there. And then once they get a chokehold on that territory, they can charge whatever they want. They can charge whatever they want, they can get away with it and they don't care. And that is the very definition of manipulating capitalism. Not being able for another company to come in and compete. And that, when you do that, I think you should be broken up. Broken up, fined, removed from the area. Your contract with the city is now void. You should no longer be able to practice your business in that area. If you breach a contract like that, that first of all, that contract shouldn't even be made to begin with. You can't be making contracts with a city saying that, okay, we're going to do this. You can't bring anybody else in because you're going to put a chokehold on the customers there. I don't think so. I don't think so. I always find it funny that my gas bill and my electric bill, my gas bill and my electric bill are pretty much low. Are pretty low, honestly. My Verizon bill is actually once I pay off my Samsung Galaxy S9, which is a thousand dollar phone, that's going to drop dramatically. That's going to be a small bill, and I use that thing all the time. My internet, I'm not here a lot, 
So I'm not here using it all the time. But I'm still paying $96 a month. Other people are paying, they they watch TV, unlike me. They're paying $130, $140, $150, $200 a month. And you're putting a chokehold in the area. You don't like it? Okay, fine. You don't like it? You don't get fine. You don't get internet, period. You don't get TV, period. None. You don't like it? You don't have any other options. Oh, by the way, just want to let you know your data is compromised as well. So now all your information's out there. So now you're now only are you paying out a ton to us. We don't give a shit about your data. We don't give a shit about your personal safety. It's gonna get sold off. And now you're now your 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 address, your livelihood, anything is compromised. I mean, I'm I'm trying to find the words to properly express that, but at the end of the day, we overcharge you. We don't care what happens to your data. And I wish people would do a better job, honestly, of protecting their data. From the apps they use to the products they get, all that stuff. I think it's time we consolidated that a little bit. I think each person can do, each person by scaling back a little bit can do major damage, make some significant changes to a lot of these companies. Because you only have to squeeze them by a little bit. Remember their margin, their margin for profit's pretty small. So if each person in a neighborhood condenses their finances, it's going to shrink it's going to shrink the money coming in and it's going to tighten up that margin. It's going to shrink the amount of money going towards that company and it's going to shrink their margin for profit. So they're going to have to make some decisions. Now, if a small community does that, that's one thing. But if an entire town does that, a community comes together or a city does that, you could kill the market for that company and allow for competition, innovative thinking. But instead of just signing off that contract and everybody just being wasteful, then that's the problem. It also, you know, it, that it, the, the this thought process applies to eating uh, when you eat it out at restaurants all the time, or you're constantly going out to get your coffee instead of making all this stuff at home. Same thing goes for your internet. And if you don't put your data in the hands of these people to begin with, they're less likely to lose it, quote, lose it, accidentally release it. So that telemarketers and scammers can pick it up and just start auto dialing and blowing up your phone. And making you making your precious time uh, less valuable, at least in their eyes, where you can be better focused on other things. So once again, Comcast, they don't give a shit about you. So do yourself a favor. Take that into consideration when you're making future decisions regarding what you're going to purchase or what services you're going to use. Because quite frankly, they just want your cash and nothing more. And the only way they can get the only way they want to get to get your cash to guarantee it is to control the area. Uh, I did want to read one more article. I have an op-ed. Uh, oh, actually, first of all, I did want to give a shout-out to a couple companies. I've been shopping out for more raw foods lately, more probiotic type of foods. And, you know, I, I've stated a couple times on this podcast that I love uh, kombucha. I do love kombucha. Kombucha is like a probiotic drink. It's really good. It's bubbly. It's, like, constantly fermenting. It's delightful. And I found this company called uh, Wild Tonic. They're a small company. But I would go and check them out. This is the one I first tried. This one is, um, it comes in a beautiful blue bottle. It's expensive. It's like six bucks a bottle. This one is raspberry and goji berry or goji rose. Very floral. It's made with honey. It's called June Kombucha. It's by a company called Wild Tonic. And it's delightful. It's an First of all, it's a beautiful bottle. So packaging is everything. And the back is simply just says, a naturally fermented drink made with exotic teas and honey. June is a rare cousin of kombucha that is steeped in mystery and celebrated for its 
effervescence and light flavor. Yeah, it's gluten-free. It's got the normal. Actually, the sugars aren't too bad. It's about 5 grams of sugar, 2 servings, so about 10 grams of sugar. But for the most part, there's not much else in it besides the carbs and sugar. Ingredients, filtered water, honey, tea, June culture, which is yeast and bacteria, raspberry juice, goji juice, rose essence, and organic ingredients. Um, and it's delicious. I like this is actually one that some some uh, kombuchas are pretty harsh. Like they're, they're good. Like there's one called Tart Cherry, which I love by another company. Uh, but it has a bite to it. Whereas this one is a little more mellow, this wild tonic, uh, and quite delightful to drink. And I can imagine what you could do with it if you add a little booze. But on its own, obviously, wild tonic. You're not supposed to drink booze with it. But on it, on its own, this is delightful. Wild tonic. So just Google wild tonic or go to your local hippie organic food store and check it out. But this is definitely my product placement for the day. Uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. And I, if you tag them on like Instagram and stuff, I think they're going to reply to you. I think they're a little smaller or at least they have a pretty good social media outreach. So they're, they're definitely checking their mentions. So go and check them out. Just Google Wild Tonic. They're pretty good. I really, I'm gonna definitely grab another one later this week. Um, another one in my wild food type of exploration is I've been hitting the raw. So they make like you can go if you buy like milk or buy yogurt. Generally, it's pasteurized. Even Greek yogurt is pasteurized. But if you go and get like raw milk or raw cream or raw yogurt, first of all. The only difference is it hasn't been pasteurized, so they didn't kill off any possible ha harmful bacteria. But they come from local farms, so there's really not what you'd... It's nothing to be scared of. And first of all, it tastes so much better. It just tastes more local. It tastes, you can taste the grass-fed... Uh, 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 creaminess of, of, you know, that, you know, straight from the cow's tits. And it just really is a delightful flavor. The raw milk is definitely heavier, but it doesn't hurt my stomach. Generally, if you're like lactose intolerant or, so, or whatever, if you're drinking like pasteurized milk, for some reason, it just doesn't feel right when you drink it. But when you drink like the raw milk, it just, it's, it's like nothing. It's just, it really doesn't, it's not, I liked it. Like I liked it and I had no problems, you know, digesting it. And then I tried the pasteurized version of organic yogurt. And then I had the non-pasteurized, the raw yogurt, the one with maple and the one on its own. And it's great it just it's got a creamy top to it you return the glass it comes in glass bottles so when you return the glass bottle the yogurt you clean it out and you return it to the little local store that you bought it from and they give you a couple dollars back for the glass deposit so yeah you are paying a little bit more but you're buying much healthier stuff with let it's less processed the less processed it is the better it is for you so it's definitely worth them it's definitely worth checking out and i feel so much better uh, now that I've added some of this stuff to my diet, you know, and, and pulling a lot more, going out of my way to pour, pull more, all this processed stuff out of my body. I mean, even taking peanut butter and almond butter and walnut butter out of the equation and just going for strictly raw nuts or baked nuts, everything down to its bare roots. And I just feel so much better, you know, between the kombuchas and between the raw milks and the raw yogurts, I do feel a lot better. And the kimchi, that... Kimchi, I, I talked to Johnny Monotone on last week's podcast. Ugh, I've been eating that by the jar, and it's just so good for you. So I highly recommend that you guys give it a whirl. First of all, check out Wild Tonics Kombucha. Then go ahead and go find your local food store, like a local organic food store. Go and find yourself some raw yogurt. Mix it in with maybe some whey protein or mix it in with some fruit or some honey. And just give it a try and see how your body responds. Not how it's, it satiates your appetite, but see how your body responds throughout the week of changing a couple things here and there uh, 
with your foods and seeing how you respond to it. Do you sleep better? Are you more energy? Are you more active? Are you in a better mood? Do, you know, and, and then tile this stuff in, the pros and cons. Maybe you spend a little more money, but you're feeling better overall. Because when you get tired, your need for caffeine goes up and your sugar, your want for sugar goes through the roof. And your ultimate goal is to suppress that. And when you get plenty of sleep and you're feeling healthy overall, you're going to want less sugar. Unless you're like one of those ultra marathon bike rider type of people, your want for sugar is going to drop dramatically. So just take that into account. But I really wanted to give shout outs to just the idea of having raw, raw milk products, raw yogurt especially, and this wild tonic. And I just absolutely, I always want to give credit where credit's due. Uh, also, um, do I want to do? It's been 30 minutes. We're just going to close up with one little thing. Uh, let's see, Bluebell. I'm going to mention this Bluebell dude. And then I'm going to jump to one more Q&A and we'll close up shop for Sunday leftovers. So there was, uh, back in 2019, there was a bunch of people running around grocery stores and licking like ice cream or drinking out of products and posting it on social media. Well, that is not a smart thing to do. So this is this article is from Yahoo Lifestyle and their article just reads simply, Bluebell ice cream liquor gets jail time for a viral stunt. This is an actual thing that people did. Quite personally, the, the Tide Pod thing was not as bad as this. This was happening all over the internet. A Texas man who opened up a container of Bluebell ice cream at Walmart and licked it before placing it back in the freezer will spend 30 days in jail. On Wednesday, uh, Deidrean Lakeen Anderson was sentenced for the viral stunt which occurred on August 19th in Port Arthur. There was another chick who actually, a chick who did this, and she got she got pretty uh, slaughtered on the internet. Video we uploaded to Facebook, Anderson opens the large tub of Bluebell. Sorry, I'm yawning licks the surface of the ice cream repeatedly and digs his finger into the food before eating it with his hands. His friend screams, come on, let's go, appears to be filming, urges him off camera. Happy National Soft Ice Cream Day, LMAO. And then Anderson captured the video. It got 172,000 views after Anderson told 12 News Now that he wound up paying for the vanilla ice cream, but that he regretted the stunt, in part because he lost his job. Still, Anderson said getting arrested was an extreme measure. It was just a prank, he said. Yeah, it's just a prank. Well, especially nowadays with this all this viral shit going on in the news and you dip your fucking fingers and your stupid ass tongue into this bottle of Blue Bell and now you've just and now somebody else eats it and contracts what you get. That's like that's a felony. Okay? That's a potential felony what you just did. So go ahead while you're at it, stick your dick in there. Spokesperson for the district attorney's office declined to comment when asked about the case by Yahoo Lifestyle. However, a press release sent to Yahoo Lifestyle read, the Jefferson County District Attorney's Office appropriately treated this incident as much more than a stunt. Anderson's actions caused public concerns about the safety and quality of consumer products offered for public consumption, impacted Bluebell consumer confidence, and caused the company's financial loss. This type of activity will not be tolerated. Oh, I want to uh, also, yeah, you guys want to know how much dollars and cents, yo. So let's go ahead and find that out. Uh, was it in the top here? It was in the top piece. Let's see. Okay. As part of the ruling, Anderson, yeah, 30 days in jail, fine of $1,000, and will pay $1,565 to Bluebell Creameries, which replaced all of the ice cream in the display case as a health precaution, and he will serve 100 hours of community service. Perfect. 30 days in the slammer, $2,500 fine, and 100 hours of community service. That is, in my opinion, I think that's the perfect punishment. For that, for this situation, I think it's the perfect punishment. He did something really stupid. How old is he? He's 24? Yeah. And on top of all that, he lost his job, and he was publicly shamed. 
Good. That's that's it. After that, serve your time, pay your dues, do your service, be on your way. You've learned your lesson. I will never talk shit about you again. As long as you do, you serve your time and all this other stuff, I'll never talk bad about you again. Go and find another job. You're 24 years old. I wasn't any better at 24 years old. I'm not any better now. But I'm not blicking Bluebell ice cream in the soft serve section. So pay your fine. Go about your business. And and you know what? Maybe At that point, I would also request that you have that, if it is a felony or a misdemeanor, you take it off your record so that you can go and get a job somewhere or go and start somewhere so you can go be a better person. I wouldn't want this to prevent you, even though it was a horrible thing to do, I wouldn't want it to prevent you from getting a job and paying your bills and going out and seeking a career or new opportunities. But I think the cert, I think the sentence, the verdict is justified. However, I think this being in your permanent record or at least for seven years, not so much. Should the police be able to see it? Ah, that's even arguable too. I think it should be taken off your record because it's already public record. 172,000 people saw it. That's more than enough. Now you pay your you pay your dues you you send you 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 you, you pay your dues your service you serve your time your hundred dollars community service good now go get a job that's it I want to do one more Q and A and then we're done Sunday leftovers generally is between thirty five and forty minutes it shit it can even be twenty minutes depending upon how I'm feeling I'm feeling kind of sprightly today though I got my cranberry chinos on got some boat shoes on I got a I got my American I got my American Eagle a uh, 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 t- white t-shirt on with a uh, nice sport jacket on and my Enix Levo Bear watch. So I'm pretty sprightly today. And my Aroma Joe's whole bean medium roast. So uh, things are looking up. And it's a beautiful Sunday and I'm going to do, I'm going to eat so much damn food tonight. Ugh, cannot wait. All right, so let's finish up with one little, I don't know if I remember last week's podcast or last Wednesday podcast was a shit show. I can't remember if I even did this questionnaire, but it was here. So I'm going to read it and then we're going to close up shop. Okay. Okay. Why can't I call people handsome at work? When I was a teacher at a boarding school, we had athletic director who liked to call students and faculty quote tiger or handsome. He always felt that he could say something nice to someone. He would do it as that. That may be the only nice thing that a person he heard that day. How the fuck did I ruin that sentence? I'm going to do this again. He always felt that if he could say something nice to someone, he would do it, as that may be the only nice thing that person he heard that day. He passed away a few years ago. As a nice memory and admiration for his kind agenda, I like to call people handsome also. A supervisor today, who I cc'd in an email in which I called someone handsome, wrote an email back. I was told to, quote, refrain from calling people handsome. I'm curious. What is wrong with, with that salutation? I'm clueless how this may be a bad thing. Okay, you work in an office, you work in a school, you work in a hospital nowadays, that's it. Here's what I'm going to tell you. you Pay good attention to this. Don't call anybody handsome. Don't call anybody dear. Don't call anybody sir, ma'am, miss, beautiful, hot stuff, sugar tits. Don't call anybody anybody. Don't talk to anybody. Don't smile at anyone. Don't say hi. Don't shake hands. Don't give hugs. Don't talk to anybody. Don't make mention of anybody. Don't say anything. Everybody's looking to come get you. Everybody's hunting you out for your job. Don't even don't even look people in the eyes. Don't make any type of any type of micro what could be seen as a microaggression. They're all out to get you. Don't say hi to anybody. Don't use terms of endearment. Don't even mention anybody's anything. Anything about them. Don't say anything nice. If you work in an office or a school or an administrative office or if you work in a, a, a hospital, fuck them. Fuck them all. Don't say anything. 
Don't be nice to anybody. Do your job. Keep your head down and take as much money and as much free food and snacks and coffee and towels and moist towelettes and crackers as and, and paychecks as much as you can. Fuck them. They don't care about you. All they want to do is go overwoke and get control. Yeah, maybe they are. Maybe calling somebody handsome or wonderful was great back in the day. It isn't now. This isn't the off. This isn't your grandpa's office. It's not even like that anymore. Don't say anything to anybody anymore because nobody wants to be treated nicely anymore in an office environment. They don't. Everybody feels everybody feels like they're being pushed down on. So all they want to do is take that shit out on you. They're all gunning for you. So do yourself a favor. If somebody refrains, the best thing you can do in an office environment, if somebody tells you to refrain from calling people handsome, shut down. Shut down 100%. Stop sending out emails with any kind of nice courtesies in it. Treat, take everything and every, anything that you use to complete, uh, use a complete sentence, stop using complete sentences. Just say K or OK or yes, no, period, done. Don't be nice to anybody. Immediately stop. And when they ask you why, just refer, just say that's why. Because people are out to get me and I'm not going to do anything in any way, shape, or form that makes me uh, in any way, shape, or form perceived to be using some type of aggressive stance or anything that could be remotely used as sexual because all it takes is for you to smile at somebody and you're in an you're in an HR office right now getting reprimanded. So do yourself a favor, don't say don't be nice anymore. If you work in an office, unless you're on your way out and you're looking forward to quitting, don't be nice anymore. Don't say hi anymore. No more going out for drinks with your with your coworkers anymore. Those days are over. Forget all that. That shit's been ruined by woke culture. Just do yourself a favor, you're done with that. Go in there and take all the cash you possibly can and the free snack cart shit or whatever. Take as much PTO as you can. And doing and by doing more, you're just being taken advantage of. Do less. Work just hard enough not to get fired so that you can spend more time building your own business and you're building your own side projects. And when you've accomplished that, quit. That's all I have to say about that. You're not going to call anybody handsome anymore. You want to call somebody handsome? Call me handsome because I'm fucking gorgeous. My name is Jay. You can find me at positivesarcasm.com. You can go to my contact section if you want to find posing music, you want to inquire about my events that I have coming up, movie review section. If you have your you questions or comments or concerns, you can go to positivesarcasm.com and you can hit the contact page. Or you can just hit me at positivesarcasm at outlook.com. You can ask me about the coffees I drink, if you have some recommendations for some java I should try, if some you have some food that I should try out, restaurants, tonics, or uh, uh, kombuchas. You know, you want to go ahead and check that out. If you're looking for posing music for a certain for a bodybuilding fitness show that you have coming up, you can just email me also for posing music, review all my custom demos. I'm more than happy to help you out there. Check out my YouTube channels, Positive Sarcasm and Positive Sarcasm Podcast. And if, be sure to subscribe to uh, this podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn, Podcast Addict, CastBox. I'm all over. I'm on every platform you could possibly imagine. Did I mention Spotify? Yeah, I'm on there too. Thank you to all the new subscribers that have been coming by. I'm now officially twice a week for this podcast. I'm also looking forward to doing some mobile podcasts uh, coming up this spring and summer in random locations. I may not live stream them. I'll probably do Sunday leftovers maybe at the ocean. I'll just bring a laptop and some recording items, and uh, you'll hear the sound of the ocean in the background. Hopefully it won't be too windy, though. But until then, you can uh, you can find me on all social media. You can find me on uh, Facebook.com slash POS Sarcasm, and you can find me at 
Instagram, at positive underscore sarcasm. And then, of course, if you want to subscribe to this, you can go anywhere on the internet and you can find me. Just look me up, positive sarcasm. I'm here and I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. I'm not fucking leaving. So until then, this has been a Sunday Leftovers edition of the Positive Sarcasm Podcast. Uh, I want to thank you guys for all listening, watching, subscribing. I will talk to you all on Wednesday, streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios. This has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation. podcast go to positive sarcasm.com slash donate any amount is appreciated once again positive sarcasm.com slash donate